Today is the day after the Super Bowl. And yeah, some people are talking about the game. Some people are talking about the halftime show. But those of us who are in advertising, many of us end up talking about advertising, the ads, right? Uh, and, you know, I've been in advertising since 2005, so you might think, you might think like, okay, you're going to watch all the ads and you're going to have a conversation about which ads were best, which ads were worse, which ads, whatever. I really don't care. Uh, I don't care to sit down and engage with all the ads for the Super Bowl, <laughs> in short, because I care about advertising that works. And there's a lot of advertising there that just doesn't work. So I want to talk to you uh, in more depth, give you some more context to this whole, you know, why is Roy a butt about, uh, about Super Bowl advertising? So, you know, growing up, like a lot of people who are outside of marketing, I used to think that Super Bowl ads were the pinnacle, right? Uh, they're the most talked about advertising all year long. Um, they are the most visible advertising, at least in the United States. Like, you know, they get they get shown on the Super Bowl. They get repeated for weeks after. They get spread around the Internet now, like all of this. And a lot of times Super Bowl ads end up entering the cultural zeitgeist, the, the, the whole like cultural conversation. There will be um, there will be entire it, like repetitions, like even before memes, it was people like repeating memes of Super Bowl ads, right? And so if that's the most visible part of advertising, you can imagine that, you know, somebody outside of advertising thinks that like that's, you know, if you want to get into advertising, that's that's what you got to aim for. And yeah, there are certainly still a lot of people in uh, maybe the traditional or the image-based advertising world where or brand advertising, where they do think this is the pinnacle. If you're working on Madison Avenue, well, I have a quote actually coming up in my notes here about working on Madison Avenue. And if you have a win in a Super Bowl ad, like it's a huge thing, right? So before I discovered direct response advertising and copywriting designed to get results and folks like Claude Hopkins going all the way back a hundred years, scientific advertising, Claude Hopkins said that if your advertising doesn't pay for itself, if it doesn't generate sales results, then it's not doing its job. You know, before I had that whole lens and that set of principles to view advertising through, I thought Super Bowl advertising was like it was the king, right? Here's the dirty truth about Super Bowl advertising. As of this year, just the media buying is a $7 million crapshoot for advertisers. You're throwing the dice and you're saying, okay, I'm putting $7 million on this roll, right? Um, and maybe it's going to work, maybe it's not, because Super Bowl ads get launched during the Super Bowl, right? That, that's, that's what happens. That's how, that's how the whole machine that is Super Bowl advertising works is you pay $7 million to get your ad seen for the first time during the Super Bowl. And that's really just for airtime. Like that is just to get your Super Bowl run during one of the commercials. It doesn't count all of the production values. People hire like great directors who charge a fortune. It doesn't count all your consulting bills with your uh, Madison Avenue ad agency. It doesn't count all of that, right? That's just 
paying seven million dollars for permission for somebody to hit play and let your commercial run for 60 seconds. And the thing is, like in the context of that culture, it's really become all about the advertising agency. It's not about the advertiser. It's not about the, the business, the results. It's not even really about the customer. It is about the advertising agency and the awards they're going to win, the recognition that they're going to get. I was reading an article this morning just because I wanted to know how much the cost of airtime was. And this, this article emphasized uh, the enduring power. The quote was the enduring power of a Super Bowl commercial can make or break careers on Madison Avenue. Make or break careers on Madison Avenue. That's not the businesses that work like it's not the ad agencies on Madison Avenue advertising their their advertising services that are making or breaking their careers running an ad during the Super Bowl. It is these people making or breaking their careers on the recognition they get for coming up with some creative, funny, entertaining commercial that runs during the Super Bowl for a business that may or may not get any sales as a result. And to me, that's just like, that's just, that's crap. <laughs> because this entire, this entire machine that puts these ads in front of the Super Bowl, right? This entire machine is designed to have the advertising be a form of entertainment that is running in between plays during the Super Bowl, in between quarters, right? So the, the, the whole goal here, the, the primary goal in these Super Bowl ads is, did it entertain? Did it get recognition as entertainment? And if it did, it's going to win some advertising awards that have nothing to do, nothing to do notably with the results generated, the number of leads, the number of customers, the sales, the profits generated from the advertising. They have everything to do with, did other people in advertising think this was funny, entertaining, provocative? Um, you know, did it generate emotion, but not buying emotion, rather just entertainment emotion, right? Versus if you're like from the school of advertising that I'm from, direct response, we go back to Claude Hopkins, scientific advertising, defined advertising as salesmanship multiplied. Today, I call it sales multiplied or selling multiplied by media, right? That the primary job and the primary function and the primary means by which we are going to judge the effectiveness of advertising is sales, is selling. And the companies that invest $7 million in media plus maybe another $7 million in all the production and all of that, they're not like measuring the result of that. They're not saying, does this generate $14 million? Not for the most part. But I will say that sometimes Super Bowl ads do work, right? So if you're a marketer, if you're an entrepreneur, don't look to Super Bowl ads as this is what we need to do in marketing. This is what we need to do in advertising. But sometimes, sometimes they do work. And if you find somebody talking about a Super Bowl ad that does work, you know, maybe it's worth paying attention to that. Why did that particular ad actually generate more revenue or a, a, a bump in revenue 
that is tied to the timing of the Super Bowl broadcast, because most of them are not actually measuring results. So, um, GoDaddy. You may think they're controversial. You may not like the ads that they ran, uh, but there's this breakdown that I saw at one point from the founder of GoDaddy saying they worked. Their commercials worked. And there's a couple reasons there. Um, one is they actually ran these two-part ads. So they would run the controversial video during the Super Bowl that was the 60-second spot, 30-second spot. And usually it was titillating. Usually, usually it was like women as sex objects, all of that. And it said, to see what happens next, go to GoDaddy.com, right? And then it was, click here to see what happens next. And it was like, transition. So after that 60 seconds that was aired, the transition was into GoDaddy. And it was much more focused on the value of the product. It was much more focused on, are you a fit for doing business with us? Uh, what does it take to get started? All of that. And the 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 ticket that made that work is it captured the attention and then it directed it towards a, a value-focused and product-focused message. In the second part, when they had more of a captive audience, not 60 seconds of entertainment followed by 60 more seconds of entertainment, but 60 seconds of entertainment followed by, okay, like more, um, more focus on the GoDaddy website in particular. The other thing that I'll note there is when you think about a Super Bowl ad, you think, okay, who's the audience? Well, it's everybody who's watching the Super Bowl. Okay, and maybe if you're selling beer or some kind of food or something like that, sure, yeah. But if if you're GoDaddy, your audience is people who want to, let's see, let's see, people who want to create a website, people who want to create a website for the purposes of maybe promoting a business. Okay, so people who pay attention to advertising news. So who talks about Super Bowl ads for weeks after the Super Bowl? Advertisers. Oh yeah, that's right. So if their primary audience is people who care about advertising, who care about advertising news, and they can get a whole bunch of converse, if they can be the commercial that gets front page coverage in advertising news, right? They're going to have more time spent in front of their audience and much more distribution speaking directly to their audience. And then when people engage with those ads and start an argument over those ads, they have to go to the next part and see what happens next. And so they actually get the, the selling conversation in there. So that's an example of somebody who, who actually took this Super Bowl ad media option and really did make it work. And Again, that's a fairly broad market product because they just sold like domain names, right? And, and website hosting. But still, there's a lot more nuance to why something like that might work uh, than just, oh, it's a Super Bowl ad that worked, right? Um, the thing about it is you do have the world's attention. It gets talked about later. Um, the question is, what do you do with it, right? And if we go back to that classic advertising formula, this isn't necessarily like how to write an advertisement, but it's what your advertisement needs to do. That's how I've taught it. Your attention needs to, or your advertisement needs to grab attention. It needs to grab attention. So you have the attention of the world, right? During that. But then how do you, from grabbing attention, then you need to cultivate interest in your message, right? And maybe entertainment can be one method of cultivating interest in your message, but um, typically you want that to be the interest of your target audience and not just the world, right? 
So how do you capture the attention of your target audience? How do you translate that attention into a selling message that generates desire for your product or service? So attention, interest, desire. And then how do you get them to take action? So attention, interest, desire, action. And if all you do is get attention and you don't focus on the interest, desire, action as part of an intentional process to turn the attention that you get into sales, into action, then, you know, what the heck are you doing, <laughs> right? So most Super Bowl advertisers don't think about that. They don't think about that process. They don't think about how this is the beginning of a customer journey. They just say, I want attention from my brand, right? And yeah, maybe, maybe, sometimes in some cases that is enough, right? Uh, but the best advertisers will back up that with, interest, desire, action, and be intentional about that. Now, if you're a real entrepreneur, real marketer, real advertiser, who actually has to make ROI on your ads, don't study the Super Bowl ads, right? Um, real advertising for real entrepreneurs is not about mass attention or entertainment. It can be an effective tactic, right? Uh, having some video that goes viral a squatty potty was an example of, you know, a video that was very entertaining that went viral that also used that attention to actually cultivate direct interest in their product, their service, and translated that into sales, right? So it can, it can be an effective tactic, right? But it's not necessarily the goal, and it's not what your goal should be if you want ROI from your ads. You need to think about your entire sales process and how certain steps of that sales process can be enabled by media and make that all intentional. And then, you know, maybe it makes sense to get the exposure that comes from a Super Bowl ad, right? Maybe you reach a point with your business where that makes sense. Or maybe it makes sense to invest your advertising in different ways. So for example, a much better way to spend $7 million on advertising, and I have clients who fall in this boat is, okay, we start off with a small test budget where we, yeah, maybe we spend 50,000 or something between copywriting and production and all of that in order to get a really good video sales letter um, written and produced. And then we test that to a very targeted audience. So we may spend a few thousand dollars on paid traffic online to, to direct attention towards our sales message, right? And then as we find out that it works, we start to expand targeting. We start to identify different audiences that we can go after with this particular message that seem to work. And we're testing it all in this way where we're saying, does it work? Does it give us the, the economics that we need for this to be able to scale? And you find different channels and different targeting that allows you to keep spending more and more money on advertising up to the point where you can be spending a million, two million, three million dollars a month, maybe even seven million dollars a month on targeted advertising for specific sales messages. And yes, there are there are ad sales letters, video sales letters that do this. And they focus on you know, initially testing and seeing, does this get us the result? And then you start to scale both in a controlled and, um, you know, ambitious way that you scale what is working, what's giving you that positive ROI. You cut the fat, you trim the fat when things are not working. And, you know, you can reach some pretty impressive numbers in terms of advertising spend, but you don't do that just 
on a crapshoot, right? It's all based on tested, proven advertising. So my call to action for you uh, is to ask yourself, how can you use this? What did you learn from this? Uh, how might this impact how you are interpreting what you saw in Super Bowl advertising, right? How can you use this? Don't forget to like and subscribe if you want more content like this delivered to you. And if you have not checked it out yet, uh, I actually offer a free download of Claude Hopkins Scientific Advertising, both a PDF and the audiobook. I recorded it for my own use so I could listen to it. It's really a, the best book on internet marketing and it was written 100 years ago. Um, so. I'll give you a free copy of the Scientific Advertising audiobook. That's at freescientificadvertising.com. The link is in the description. Also, if you want to go deeper with me on all sorts of marketing that is designed to get you results, my BTMS Insiders uh, streaming library of copywriting and marketing courses is full of content that will help you create effective advertising. I'm Roy Fur, this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Don't forget to subscribe, and I will catch you again in the next episode. I'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.